Good afternoon and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll talk about the results of a new farm safety survey done by Farm Credit Canada. Also, Federal Ag Minister Marie-Claude Bebo will join us on today's Prairie Eggwire. And up first in today's country comment, Gord Jansen with the Canadian Food Grains Bank will give us a seeding update here in Manitoba. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon, you're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Seeding is well underway here in Manitoba for the Canadian Food Grains Bank. I caught up with regional rep Gordon Jansen. Seeding has uh, been going ahead uh, fairly fairly well for most of the growing projects, although it was uh, slow in getting started. You know, it's uh, it pretty cold, and uh, and some of the, the ground was pretty wet uh, to for a while in, into May. And uh, but now at the end of May, I think, I think a lot of the projects are have uh, have been able to get going. I have I don't know of all of them um, because at this point. Um, we don't have uh, a lot of in, in-person connection because of the social distancing. How many uh, projects or uh, or acres do you expect to uh, go into the ground this year? We've got um, it's uh, we've got around uh, in the high thirties of um, growing projects. We have this year. We're happy to have two new projects that are uh, starting up and uh, one project that has, is resuming after a few years without a field. So it's, it's great to have those, uh, those new ones. You mentioned, um, you know, COVID-19. I guess what, what impact has that been having on some of the farming operations, if, if any? Yeah, we've been trying to keep in touch with our, our farm supporters and, and growing project supporters on uh, for most of them, it's been farming as usual. Uh, you know, farming, a, a lot of that is, is done uh, in with a, some social distancing anyway. So they've been able to continue their, their projects uh, fairly well and, um, and continue, continue on with farming. The, some of the uh, some of the community projects which are not growing projects were affected. Uh, for example, earlier uh, the uh, Hope project around St. Pierre was planning to have a an auction at Grunthal, and that was cancelled. And and um, uh, a couple other uh, events and uh, and banquets. Uh, were not able to happen this spring as well. Just going back to seeding for a second, as far as crop types, are, are you aware of what, what crops are going into the ground or does that kind of just vary by project? Yeah, it, it uh, depends on the rotations of the, uh, the field that they are using. And most of the, the projects are uh, wheat, canola and soybeans those are the the three main uh, crops that that were um, we've got in the in the growing projects uh, there, there may be a bit of corn in there as well you know I just uh, I always want to add um, uh, a, a note of gratitude for the growing project 
supporters because especially in a year like this when uh, when so much of the uh, uh, the world is experiencing an economic downturn uh, we're we're also uh, expecting that there will be increased numbers of hungry people in the world and so the support uh, so the support base that we have with growing projects and other farmers uh, that really is a, a very significant part of support for the, our food program. So we're very appreciative of, of that. That was Gordon Jansen, Manitoba representative for the Canadian Food Grains Bank, giving us an update on spring seeding. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. Manitoba Agriculture says total seeding progress is sitting at about 65% complete. That's compared to the three-year average of 81%. Cereal and canola crops seeded last week are emerging quickly. However, many farmers are still unable to seed corner to corner as frequent wet spots are preventing machinery access. Delays in stuck equipment are common. Farmers are dealing with excess moisture in many regions, while some producers benefited from last week's rain. Large amounts of rainfall in some areas have left pooled water in field drains and low spots. Manitoba Paulson Soybean Growers is providing an update on spring seeding. Here's production specialist Laura Schmidt. Seeding progressed very quickly last week with the warmer temperatures throughout the province. The rain we got over the weekend was quite variable throughout Manitoba. Pea and fava bean seedings pretty much complete with crops emerging and approaching the first node stage in much of the province. As crops are emerging, keep an eye out for early season pests like root rots, cutworms and wireworms. Soybean seeding is well underway. Farmers who planted soybeans earlier in the month should check out for signs of cold stress like twisted seedlings and delayed or poor emergence. Driving seeding began last week and continues into this week. Schmidt says MPSG's on-farm network trial seeding is also underway. Manitoba pork producer and processor High Life has acquired a majority interest in the prime pork facility in Wyndham, Minnesota. Kevin Geisheimer is High Life's marketing and events manager. Southern Minnesota is, a, is provides really a, a great opportunity for, for high life. It's abundant with uh, just the, all the resources needed in regards to the ag uh, sector and uh, just also abundant with securing hog supply and just all the materials that are necessary and needed to operate a facility of this nature. The prime pork acquisition will increase high life's processing capacity to 3.2 million hogs annually. And Turkey Farmers of Canada has announced an $80,000 donation in the wake of COVID-19, which will support mental health initiatives across the country. The funds will be distributed to Kids Help Phone and 4-H Canada. The Wishbone Project was launched in mid-April with an initial $50,000 donation to Kids Help Phone, as well as an additional $25,000 in funding allocated for initiatives fighting food insecurity across the country. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Wednesday, May 27th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll hear from Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bebo. It's estimated that the expanded eligibility to the Canadian Emergency Business Account announced on May 19th more than doubled the amount of farmers eligible for the benefits. I got the details from Canada's Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bebo. So yes, we have made uh, significant changes responding to all the comments we've got. And as you you can tell, uh, we are uh, being open uh, to, to making modifications to the different programs that we've put in, we've put in place. 
And uh, many farmers were telling us that uh, the CBA, the Canadian Emergency Business Account, uh, they were not able to access it for different reasons. So we changed the rules. And now uh, it means uh, that uh, actually we doubled the number of, the number of farmers who are now uh, eligible to the to this account, and uh, it could represent if they were all to apply and all to get uh, the the forty thousand uh, dollars interest free uh, loan, including uh, a ten thousand uh, dollars forgivable, it would represent six hundred and seventy million dollars in direct. Uh, payment uh, for the agriculture sector. So that this is a very good news. Was it an issue with payroll on why some of the farmers were not um, able to qualify? Yes, it was mainly around that uh, because they are not always uh, paying themselves or the member of their families in regular, you know, uh, salary, but maybe in, ter- in dividends or surplus or, you know, differently. Uh, so it was it was making it more complicated for them. And for those who would still fall into the cracks, they could look at the uh, the other program, which is the Regional Relief and Recovery Fund, which is managed uh, through the Western Diversification uh, Agency. So this is something else that they could look at if they are not eligible to, to the CBA account. And uh, these loans, they uh, they need to be repaid by uh, the end of uh, 2022, is that right? Yes, if they want to benefit from the 25% forgivable part, uh, yes. That was Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bebo talking about changes to the Canadian Emergency Business Account. Continuing on today's Prairie Eggwire, Glendalee Allen Vosser chats with Saskatchewan's insect specialist James Tanzi about what kind of insect issues producers are dealing with. We have reports of uh, some heavy damage to uh, seedling canola uh, associated with flea beetles for growers that managed to get their seed in uh, a, li- a little bit earlier. Of course, the, uh, the uh, standing recommendation is for early seeding so that you can get that crop up and growing and, and resilient to flea beetle damage by the time the, the population's peaked. Uh, for some growers, uh, you know, seedling emerg- emergence coincided with peak emergence of flea beetles and, uh, and they did suffer some damage and had to uh, do some oversprays. Uh, for some growers that are getting in a little bit later, um, they may actually see uh, less flea beetle damage. What, what, what I've been seeing, at least in the southern parts, uh, southern part of the province, and her reports of other parts of the province, is of course we're past peak emergence, which means that the population may be waning, and the risk associated with flea beetles may be decreasing associated with uh, uh, associated with that late seeding. What about diamondback moths? We're, we're seeing uh, a bit of an earlier, earlier migration this year than, than we have uh, in, in the past couple of years. Uh, of course, these animals don't overwinter very well in this climate. We're seeing uh, with our sentry sites, our pheromone beta traps uh, around the province, relatively earlier arrival of these animals and pretty good numbers. So it's, it's, that's one for, uh, for uh, um, canola growers to be, and mustard growers to, to, be, to keep an eye out for. Um, some of their damage early season can be mistaken for the shot hole damage of flea beetles. So when, when growers are doing their flea beetle scouting, uh, scouting, it's good to keep an eye out for diamondback moth damage as well. 
these animals are leaf miners when they're very young, can cause that shot hole damage as they get a little bit bigger, and then become full leaf skeletonizers as as they as they proceed uh, uh, through their uh, through their larval molts. From canola to pulses and key insects that producers are dealing with or should be on the lookout for? At this time, it's uh, pea leaf weevil. Uh, we're just about to begin our provincial survey. Uh, and actually, I'll, I'll be hitting the road to uh, get out and look at some pea fields. Uh, no numbers to report yet, but numbers were very low last year. What about grasshoppers? We did have some uh, uh, reports of increases, uh, uh, primarily in the uh, uh, Estevan area and some real hot spots in the Kindersley area. So the uh, the economic threshold for grasshoppers is uh, is 10 to 12 per uh, per square meter, and we we were seeing numbers in excess of 10 per square meter in the Estevan area, and numbers in excess of 20 per square meter in the Kindersley area. So the forecast for those areas uh, keep an eye out for grasshoppers, and of course they they do like it warm, they do like it dry. And what about issues with cereals for this year? Um, the one that is um, a little bit concerning is uh, is uh, is uh, wheat midge. Uh, we did see marked increases in uh, detection of viable wheat midge pupae from our survey last year, primarily in northern uh, wheat growing areas. Uh, of course, uh, uh, those areas have recently received uh, a bit of moisture. This uh, midge requires 25 millimeters of rain by the end of May, and, and some of those regions may have achieved that. I've been talking with James Tanzi. James is the Provincial Insect Specialist with Saskatchewan's Ministry of Agriculture. For Golden West, I'm Glendalee allen Bossler. Thanks, Glendalee. That's it for the Prairie Aguire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email to thefarmdesk at goldenwestradio.com. On behalf of Glenda Lee Allen Vossler, I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Verified Beef Production Plus webinars are being held every Tuesday starting at 7 o'clock. You can email verifiedbeefmanitoba at gmail.com. Keystone Agricultural Producers will be hosting another webinar tomorrow. The focus this week is tips on planning for emergencies, staying safe, and keeping your farm business running smoothly during COVID-19. The Manitoba Agricultural Museum near Austin will be reopening its stores to the general public this Friday with reduced hours and new safety measures. Follow them on social media for more information. The official Manitoba Hunter Safety Course is available online. This is endorsed by the province and Manitoba Wildlife Federation. Visit huntercourse.com to register. And the Manitoba Sheep Association show and sale for this summer has been cancelled. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Wednesday afternoon, Farm Credit Canada, along with the Canadian Agricultural Safety Association, have completed a survey looking at attitudes towards farm safety. I caught up with CASA Executive Director Marcel Hacko. We've done this survey three times before, and we're trying to track uh, the attitudes of farmers. It's... uh, it's a long, long-term objective, I think, is to get farmers to act more safely. And this was our attempt to get a bit of a snapshot on, on where we are as farmers in safety. What we're seeing is that the awareness of what uh, is dangerous on the farm, what, what the hazards are, is increasing. So obviously people are seeing the risks and, and knowing which areas of the farm is dangerous or are dangerous. 
Uh, the downside is that uh, we're still struggling to get farmers to do anything about it. I guess part of that is a, is a farm safety plan. The number of farmers doing that is pretty low as well, right? Yeah, so in, in a traditional workplace, um, safety plans are kind of the key, key way to manage hazards. And uh, so we thought, okay, well, how many farmers are doing that? So written safety plans, yeah, very low still, around uh, I think 14%. But quite a few farmers say in their minds they have a safety plan, it's just not written down. So, and then when we ask them if they think it helps, uh, they all say it does. So <laughs> it's, it's, we're, we're getting there, but slowly. And I guess talk a little bit more about the uh, hidden hazards. What can be done there? So really, the, the hazards, like the awareness is going up. Um, we, we, I guess we see, when we asked farmers why they would act, uh, why would they would do something about safety, it's family. Family is still the number one driver uh, for safety. When we, you know, we had a whole bunch of options and legislation is the last is the last motivator for safety on the farm and really only a factor with grain farms that have over half a million in sales. So uh, we're seeing family uh, is why farmers would implement or would do things differently on the farm. And I guess uh, seeding al- along with harvest, these are these are two of the most, um, I guess, dangerous times then, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this, this time of year, like when we look at why farmers or how farmers get hurt, it's usually interactions with, uh, with equipment. And we know this time of year is when everybody is out on the land. Um, you know, they're in a hurry. Often children are around also, so there's lots of room for, uh, for instance, to happen. And uh, so I guess the other thing they told us is that uh, when they go to seek safety information, it's usually from their supplier, their commodity group, or, or the Provincial Ag Safety Association. So I would say all those three groups are great areas to get, get safety information from and to uh, continue to work with those when, when you're thinking about safety on your farm. Any final advice here uh, going forward? Or? Just, yeah, it's, uh, it's a busy time of year. I guess just uh, keep, keep uh, in mind uh, the safety of yourself and your children and everybody else who's on your farm. I want, a, I want an incident-free spring and summer, and uh, best, best to all the farmers out there. That was Marcel Hacko, Executive Director with the Canadian Agricultural Safety Association. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. LeBrokery-based High Life has purchased 75% equity interest of Prime Pork from Taylor Corporation. Prime Pork produces, processes, and sells pork products out of Wyndham, Minnesota. Kevin Geisheimer is High Life's marketing and events manager. Currently, uh, the facility processes uh, right around the 5,500 hogs per day. Right now that that facility is processing uh, 1.2 million hogs annually. It has uh, over 650 employees that call prime pork home and uh, it's located in the community of uh, Wyndham, Minnesota. So it's a, I guess, a partially integrated uh, system, mostly just the processing plant. There are some um, hog contracts that, that go through that plant. The prime pork acquisition will increase High Life's processing capacity to 3.2 million hogs annually. Manitoba Pulse and Soybean Growers is providing some tips for rolling soybeans. Here is production specialist Laura Schmidt. Consider seedbed conditions. Dry soil will be more prone to erosion, while wet soil will be prone to sealing and cracking. In these cases, rolling could be delayed post-emergence until V1, once you're past that hook stage, during the heat of the day. If you don't have stones or large soil clods that present harvest issues, 
consider saving the fuel and avoid rolling altogether. Schmidt notes that soybean seeding is well underway here in Manitoba. And the federal government has announced an investment of up to $9.2 million to enhance the youth employment and skills program and fund up to 700 new positions for youth in the agriculture industry. The additional funding will help the ag industry attract Canadian youth ages 15 to 30 to their organizations to assist with labor shortages brought on by the COVID-19 pandemic. YESP will provide ag employers up to 50% of the cost of hiring a Canadian youth, up to $14,000. Indigenous applicants and those applicants hiring a youth facing barriers are eligible for funding of up to 80% of their costs. Employers may apply for the funding retroactive to April 1st with projects to be completed by March 31st of next year. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwestradio.com. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.